0: ready if you can turn to your uh, your bibles to uh, the book of philippians chapter 3 a uh, quick recap um uh, this letter is a, a thank you letter from paul to the church at philippi uh, and he's also encouraging them uh to be united in their in their service to the lord and it's uh uh, they had just sent a great uh, gift to him. Uh, uh, they, they blessed him with gifts before uh, through uh, Epaphroditus, bringing them to him. And that was—if uh, you if you haven't read up to here or you need to get caught up, I'm going to give you a brief one, but I, I recommend you go home and check out um, uh, chapters 1 and 2. I went through uh, chapter 2 on Thursday, chapter 1 on um, uh, Sunday night. So uh, rolling into here, uh, uh, on uh, Thursday night— the scripture we covered was uh, chapter two, and uh, there was a, there's a lot in there about uh, the the let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, and 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 Paul's encouraging the church there, and we can be encouraged to make sure that you know in uh, even in our service, what you think might be uh, something that we're we're doing for the Lord, that we could have completely selfish motives, even doing those things. So uh, we could have a motive of oh if I do this and this person sees it may I might get that position or whatever and it's it's gross right you know I it just uh in, inwardly uh you know we we have a, a desire for ourselves to be lifted up and and uh, I love I love the constant reminders and there were a ton of different scriptures that were that were su- supporting this in different letters that Paul had written to or that Peter had written, and I think we even got into uh, one uh, John addressing it too. So there's so much in these that that uh, as we as we grow in our faith and in, in, in our um, our personal walks with the Lord, that we can slow down, take time, and read these and really uh, gain a lot. But um, it, he he spends a significant time talking about the humility of Christ, that Christ was uh, came from glory to the cross and then back to glory, and that he's our ultimate example of humility. That he was able, he was willing to humble himself even to the point of the death of the cross. That's that's you're never going to see a greater example of humility. So for us, that in, in whatever circumstance we're in, if we're struggling with with our pride, um, or, or or just you know don't you know we look at you know this something that we might need to you know humble ourselves over. There's there will never be another or greater example of humility than God becoming a man to die for us and. Um, and uh, he goes on, and and I'm just summarizing the the the, the certain portions that we covered, and uh, in verse 14 of chapter two, it says, "Do all things without complaining and disputing." We all do that naturally, right? <laughs> right? I read that, and I just I just started chuckling, like, "Oh boy," you know, uh, that's something I could read every day and just, oh, you know, it's just that we're, uh, and, and as uh, as the discussion went on, it was, we don't have to learn how to complain, we don't have to learn how to dispute, do we? It just comes naturally to us. So we have to unlearn those things. And Paul is talking about the importance of the Philippian church and for us to be light bearers. That 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 we are, um, he says in, in verse 15, he says uh, uh, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without uh, fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. That's, uh, that's. That's quite a, uh, that's a task. We have a task to shine as lights. And if, uh, you know, just as the Lord said, um, uh, that, uh, you know, if, if we're lighting a light and then putting it under a basket, doesn't make any sense. You know, as Christians, we're supposed to be sh- shining a light in all that we do and say. So there's a lot here. And then he goes on and he, he names Timothy and Epaphroditus as, as men that, that can be examples that we can learn from. Now, remember, Timothy's a young man. The young man that that was a son in the faith to Paul that that Paul took under his wing, and uh, so we can learn from a, a a young man's example. You know that there's some humility there that we might see somebody who's 22 years old or whatever, and and uh, and and be able to learn something from them. And uh, it's it, uh, I know a lot of times I've heard you know people say uh, of people or two people or you know they're they're too young to be a pastor, they're too young for this or that, and. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a dangerous thing for our mind to be set on, you know, what qualifies for what. But he uses a young Timothy as an example, and he uses Epaphroditus. And and uh, we're just going to move on to chapter 3 here, but I just kind of wanted to catch you up in case you hadn't heard it. But uh, he goes on to say in, in verse 29 of chapter uh, chapter 2, he says, uh, Receive him, he's talking about Epaphroditus, uh, Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such men in esteem. So it, these two were people that, we, that, that the church and we can look at as examples of Christian living. Um, every day we, we fail. We do. And, and our goal is, is to grow and, and to change. And that we're not going to just accept that failure, but to be able to move on from it. Um, but uh, but he, he's talking about that th- these guys are faithful workers uh, for the Lord and, and people that we should high, hold in high esteem. So uh, as we get into chapter 3, uh, that's kind of the setting of where we're coming from. So chapter 3, verse 1 says this, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation for we are uh, uh for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit rejoicing in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Paul starts off here talking about not having confidence in the flesh and we're going to we're going to learn that our confidence should be in Christ and in Christ alone. And uh somebody is losing it over there that's funny. Um so I uh uh, as we read here, as you pick up, rejoice in the Lord. And he says, for me not to, r- to, to write these things is not tedious, uh, but for you it is safe. There's, he's, it's a reminder. It's not tedious for him. Um, but Paul goes on and he's starting chapter 3. And uh, he's, he's, uh, as he starts it, he, he, Paul is obviously very familiar with uh, the responsibilities he has as a spiritual leader. That, uh, that he's here and it's not, you know, we can't lose sight of of certain things as we're uh, walking on and the Lord can't just go, well, I'm going to focus on this and this and I'm going to kind of allow those things. Uh, Paul's talking about, hey, some things may be tedious, but you may need to hear them also. So this is a reminder um, to be on guard for us. And then he goes on in chapter, uh, sorry, in verse two of, of chapter three, and he says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. And he, this is a, a warning to them to beware of the people that want to pull them into trying to fulfill the law and uh and and it goes on to say, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. So what he's saying is is there was a movement and there was uh you know the Jewish religious leaders that are trying to enforce uh and lead people saying, Hey, if you if you are saved, well okay, so you've got your faith, but you also need to accompany that with this part, with these works. So you need to be circumcised because that's uh, that's, uh, that just comes with it. But then as you, as you, you can see the danger in that. Okay. So now you've done this and now you've got to do this, 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 and this too. So Jesus is kind of part of it. Now, when you know the whole story, you realize it's, it's Jesus plus nothing. We don't need anything more than Jesus. That song that we just, that we just sang, you know, I only need you. That's, we only need Jesus for everything. Now that, that doesn't give us a, a, a a blank check for irresponsibility. It doesn't. you know what, what, he's, what we're what we're singing is we only need Christ to carry us through the things that we have in this life to help us through our responsibilities that we have, but also for salvation. That's what he's talking about here. It's not Christ plus anything else. And Jesus doesn't need help. He doesn't need us to to go do all these things to be able to save us. He just offers that because of what he was he, he did for us that we talked about in chapter two. Where he took off his glory, came here in the ultimate example of humility, and died for us, and 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 returned to glory. So he's 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 warning them that there is nothing else you need to do to be saved. That was the message they were hearing, uh, and 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 Paul's just reminding them, look, you know, you don't need to go mutilate your body. And we're going to look at several scriptures. Usually, I I try not to make us jump around, so um uh you know. Just talking with Casey this morning, I gave him a whole list of you know scriptures that I'm going to reference. He's like, yeah, I, I picked out the ones that you know are going to be here, and there will be some that I ask you to turn with me. But I, in in what in chapter two, I, I also mentioned this that when certain things are mentioned repeatedly in the scripture, uh, we should take note that that it's uh, I, maybe just a higher. We should have a higher sense of of. Uh, of uh, awareness of certain things not that not that you know there's a part of the scripture that isn't important for us but very important for us to know that when something's mentioned several times or to several different groups of people that it's definitely something we need to be on guard uh, in, our, in our lives uh, about or with just something it might not be a bad thing it might be something good that we need to make sure is a part of our lives so there are several scriptures here that talk about how the Lord uh, how the Lord uh, views circumcision and, and, and what it, you know, we know that the, the, the Jewish law required it, that on the eighth day, uh, a young man would be taken, a baby would be taken and circumcised. And that was an, a, a, an example of, uh, of uh, the, that cutting of the flesh was an example of, you know, cutting off sin from our lives. And, uh, and so it, it that, that fleshly example, that, that some, that's something that we could do um, uh, outwardly um, is is not a requirement for a christian but what was being uh, it was being uh, described by the the leaders that were there that it had to be so um i don't know w- uh, which ones he has up here but deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 6 says and the lord your and and this is just going to be one verse and uh, i'll ask you to turn with me if it's going to be longer but um deuteronomy 30 verse 6 uh, and uh, this uh, and the lord your god will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants uh to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, uh, that you may live. Uh, if you would turn with me uh, to Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31. Jeremiah 31, 31. in their minds and write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people no more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying know the lord for they shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them says the lord for i will give them i will forgive them their iniquity and their sin i will remember no more so another time where the lord is speaking i will put my law on their hearts uh, rather than on the tablets of stone um, uh, if you on your way back to Philippians, wouldn't mind stopping at John chapter four. Just running right back into the the New Testament. Now, John chapter four, what we're what we're getting into, verse twenty one, is is the Lord is having a conversation with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. And uh, the discussion has, uh, you know, he's revealing to her that he he is the Savior that that the the people are looking for, that the Samaritan people are looking for. And and they have a religious discussion, and and he goes on to explain that he knows her whole history. And uh, in verse 21, uh, sorry, in verse 20, she's saying, well, you know, uh, our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place to worship uh, where where someone should worship. Verse 21 says, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You will worship what you do not know. Uh, You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. For the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And the, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So it's, an, it's another example of worshiping the, God, uh, the Father in spirit and truth. Verse 3, it says, uh, back in, in Philippians, it says, uh, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. So it's it's different. It's not that, not that we have to go on and we have to do this fleshly thing to be able to be in right standing with God. It's, it's literally once—when Jesus said it is finished, he fulfilled all of the law. And we can just come to Jesus, and, and there's, there's nothing else that we need. Romans 7, 6 says, But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit— and not with the oldness of the letter. There's a whole new thing and Paul is just reminding the church at Philippi beware of these people that are trying to drag you into these things because as he wrote to several others and it's it's throughout the scripture the lord did a new work and 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 where the law is written on the hearts of man and it's it's no longer any you know he's talking about the circumcision of the heart and not the flesh. There's there's a big difference between the two. Um I'm going to have you turn one more time with me uh, to Galatians chapter 5. Just go, just take a left, just a, a couple spaces, a couple, spaces, couple pages. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor uh, to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. 11 verse 5, it says righteousness, the hope of righteousness by faith, not by what we can do, because what is the hope in what we can do? Is it really a gospel if we have to earn our own salvation? Is that good news? We're never going to have the rest that we would need in our hearts and in our minds of knowing we're saved and that our sins are gone have I done enough? Did I did I uh, do enough good for people? Did I, uh, did I speak nicely to people? Or, you know, okay, does this cancel that? And, and those things. I am just so blessed that there's nothing we can do to be saved because we would constantly torture ourselves in saying, am I doing enough? Or we die without that assurance uh, that we have in 1 in, um, John chapter 5 that we can know we have salvation, right? How many times has Will reminded us of that? that we know we have salvation. There's no question. I love that the scripture has constant reminders throughout. I mean, we went Old Testament... Uh, into into the the gospel accounts into uh, the epistles, and it's all saying the same thing that God wants our heart he doesn't uh, yes, our actions should follow, but our actions are they can be empty actions we can do all kinds of nice things and uh, you know, be moral people but it's it's the love of God that should be filling our hearts that's that's you know doing those things and uh, and we do need the spirit of God in us so I love here that 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 we are reminded that there's no confidence in the flesh there's freedom in Christ. And that we have righteousness by faith. You know, if we if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths, then we're saved, right? That's what Romans tells us. Those are such important things for us because otherwise we can get led astray by our own. Uh, it, how many times does the Scripture say, "You know, do not be deceived." Why? Because we can be deceived and we can deceive ourselves. There's so much in there. Let's go back to Philippians chapter uh, three, verse four. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is from the law, blameless. But what things uh, were gain uh, to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is by the law, but that which is through faith in, in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. That's a power. just packed, packed bunch of eight verses. We just read there. It's awesome to be able to read that because here's a man. He he's, he's telling the church at Philippi, Hey, there's no life here. We worship God in, in, in the spirit. And then he goes on to say, Hey, and by the way, if you're if if you're kind of I don't I'm, he doesn't say this, but the mindset is is if anybody has an argument to this, look at me. And Paul says there's nobody that could compare to him uh, based on righteousness of of the law. He goes on to say he's got all the pedigrees that you need. You know when you when you're buying a dog, you know if you want a purebred dog, you're you're you you want to see the pedigree, you want to see the the birth uh, chain, and you know if you want you know we bought a yellow lab and and we bought it from uh, you know a family I've known all my life and I know that that they have purebred dogs and I didn't have to go through and do any research on that I know them and I've known them and in that pedigree I know okay this is this is a, a purebred uh, yellow lab this uh, there, there's uh, no question I, I know these people I know I know the practices and and but we do have the paperwork we have everything there a, AKC ACK. I can't remember yeah, AKC certified. Uh, so it's it's when you when you consider those things uh, and you look at spirituality, what Paul is saying is he has it all. He's got everything done. Okay, so w- w- let's look at the check marks. Paul's saying, okay, born. Uh, uh, he starts off saying, um, uh, circumcised the eighth day of the tribe of, uh, of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, and he goes through this whole list. And, he, and when he starts talking about uh, concerning zeal persecuting the church, and that persecution included death sentences. I mean, that's that's you know that's a lot of zeal. Remember, I mean, as he's on the road to Damascus, he had the letters in hand that he can he can just go wreak havoc in churches, and bind people up and take them out. And then the Lord met him and had a totally different plan for him. As now he's, you know, we see he wrote two thirds of the New Testament. So it, 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 what he's saying here is if anybody has an argument to this, it's me. And I'm the one, you know, it, it, and, and I'm the one writing this. And, and after he lists that he has every check mark done, I mean, he, he's the shining example of somebody that could trust in the law and in, 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 in religious practices. He says, verse 7 but these. But what things were gained to me, I've counted loss for Christ. And he goes on to say that he even calls them trash. Rubbish. I mean, if there was one that could have confidence in the flesh, it was Paul. And what does he do? Of all those things, Is they're trash. I just throw them out. They don't mean anything. That's a statement. This man spent his whole life studying and his whole life following and being a religious leader. That's what he was. That's what his whole life was about. And he says all of that stuff is junk. It's trash. It's gone. Throw it out. doesn't mean anything. He traded it. Traded it all for Christ. Yet indeed, he says in verse 8, I also count these things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. The excellence. That's, that's great. For whom I suffer the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. He just brought it, went, went right in and to, the I guess, the spiritual redemption center and just here's my bag of I, I'm great and I'm awesome, I'm all set, and it all means nothing to me. I'm trading it for Jesus. It's that's that's, that's quite a statement from a man who had dedicated his whole life and everything that he was to uh, all that, but it, it just meant nothing. There's no confidence in the flesh. When he says that, he means it. So uh, everything that he, he had, that he had attained, everything, you know, uh, and what we see here is, you know, the, everything that Christ has to offer the sinner, and um, they're they're nothing. All of that stuff, all that he did, could offer them nothing in comparison to what Christ has to offer us. And uh, you know, Paul had, like I said, he had all the boxes checked, he had everything done, and uh, he, he's counted them all lost. Uh, Matthew chapter thirteen verse forty four says. Again, the kingdom of heaven, this is the Lord speaking, the king, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, all for joy over it. He goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Everything. It's going, just we, we could have everything, and that treasure that we found is Christ. Just sell it all and be able to go with Christ. And there's nothing else that we have to that 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 same mindset of you know what everything that I have here is worthless in comparison to that, you know it's that same mindset just sell it all off and I'm going I'm that treasure that's in that field I'm not, all of this stuff means nothing it's the same for us the junk that we thought was was going to help us or 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 that we knew wasn't going to help us right <laughs> usually it's that going hey you know we can trade it all in for the confidence that we can have in Christ. The excellence of knowing the Lord. I love here that that as he goes in uh, verses 8 and 9, he's highlighting that I may gain Christ. That's an amazing thing, that I may gain Christ. That is uh, just, that's something to meditate on. Everything else is gone, that I may gain Christ. Be found in him, uh, not having my own righteousness. Through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God it's from God by faith, from God by faith. That's how we that's how someone becomes righteous. That's that's the only way we are going to experience, uh, you know, salvation and and be considered righteous. So it's important for us to know that as Christians, that it, that's going to carry us through in our own walk. But to have that on our lips and ready to share that, that our righteousness comes from God. Uh, one more turn, if you would, with me, uh, just uh, head back towards the. Uh, Towards the gospel accounts to Romans chapter ten, we're just going to read three verses there, and I don't—I'm not sure if that—that that part's going to be on here or not. But uh, Romans chapter ten, verse one, Paul writes, "Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for God for uh, to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness." that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the God of righteousness for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes that's Christ is the end of the law. That's it. So as, as Paul's writing this to the, ch- to the church in, in Rome, um, He's explaining it. There's that. I feel like there could be a big exclamation point there. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness uh, to everyone who believes. So if you turn back with me to Philippians, hopefully you've just been keeping your, you know, a finger or a, you know, bookmark there. Um, and like I said, I usually don't like to jump around so much, but there's so much here that I don't want to just say, hey, you might want to check these things out to to study them together. I don't have to justify that. We're looking at the scripture, anyways. So uh, uh, verse 9, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is uh, through faith in Christ, the righteousness uh, which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. power of his resurrection, to be able to walk and live in that resurrection, to walk in the freedom that Christ gives us. How many times do we return to the cesspool that the Lord pulled us out of? Right? right? We'll just go right back to it. But we can actually walk and live in that resurrection. You know, that when, when we're baptized, that outward example of, of the, the death, burial, and resurrection of our, of our own person, of, of, of our sinful man or woman being, uh, being uh, laid to rest and then uh, brought up a new creation in Christ. You know, we need to walk in that resurrection. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 is, is explaining that if there's no resurrection, then Christ isn't, isn't uh, redeemed. And we have empty preaching and an empty faith if Christ isn't resurrected. You know, there, that Being able to, um, to trust in the power of his resurrection and that we may know the power of his resurrection is so important for the Christian for us to mature in our walk to grow in our lives. It's so so important to understand that once we've come to the Lord and and we've accepted him that we now live in the power of that resurrection. You know, he he came and he 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 conquered sin uh, once and for all. Just that's that's all taken care of. Now we can walk in newness of life and in the power of the spirit because he's resurrected. I love I love that we can just it's that, that it's no longer I who lives but Christ who lives in me, right? That's so important for us. He is risen. Verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's so much to read in these epistles and just be so blessed by, so much for us to be reminded of. And, and, and for us to be able to find strength, forgetting the things which are behind and reach forward to the things which are ahead. How many times does our enemy or how many times do we sabotage our own selves in looking back? Right. And how how tortured can we be in that looking back? Forget those things and move forward. That's it. You know, it, it's just it's such a blessing, such a blessing that a that we don't we're not in a religious system. A religious system would say, okay, so you've got all those things. Ooh, you better be good. Okay, so here's the recipe. You did this. Okay, so you've got to take this recipe. You need three of these. You need four of these. You need to say this. You need to do that. That's going to cover one time. How many times? I don't know. I don't know. Well, you need to spend the rest of your life doing this or that. The emptiness of that and, and, and the fear that would remain with us. Oh, I'm just so blessed. So blessed that we can look. And no, not that we've already not that we've already I love that Paul, the guy who's writing two thirds of the New Testament is saying it's not that I'm already perfected you know he's still saying, you know I, I love it that he said here, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, you know, we might look and 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 go, oh well, you know Paul had it, and he never sinned, you know you know, Paul called himself the chief of sinners you know and 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 it's just so. Uh, such a blessing to be able to look at that because I, I know uh, several people um, that I, I know dearly and I love dearly have struggled. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's an easy, and I know I've talked about it before, but this is an easy example with drug addiction or alcoholism or those outward sins that, that uh, you know, in a time of uh, lust, greed, whatever it might be, that, that can actually the physical uh, things that we actually have to go do. And the, the the shame and the torture that comes from returning to that just vile mass of nothingness on the ground, thinking it's going to fulfill us. But I just love that Paul is saying here that, that we can press on and lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. That is a blessing, knowing that, that our power, our strength is in Christ. It's not in ourselves. He says, you know, forgetting the things that were behind uh, and reaching forward. That that we would reprogram our mind and ask the Holy Spirit to reprogram our mind. That we would be set on the things of of the Lord, and that we would. I love uh, this. Is you guys? Um, I want to know you guys know that song. Pushing on, uh, um, I should know it. I sing the song. Uh, pressing onward, pushing every hindrance aside, out of my way, because I want to know you more. Every hindrance, just pushing. I just think of that and it's like pressing on, you know, like there's a wind against you and you just got to kind of push on. And yes, we are going to still struggle. We are going to have spiritual battles within, within our own hearts and in our minds. The importance for us is to realize the power that we have uh, because Christ has laid hold of us. And we can, we can continue to press toward a goal that there is a goal for us to press towards. And it's just knowing the Lord more and asking him to give us the victory we need in our lives. Such a blessing. Such a blessing. It's not, okay, you've got to get really good at fighting this thing. Yes, we should be really good at fighting that by knowing the word and in prayer. You know, it's nothing special we need to do. We don't have to go go to a spiritual ninja academy to learn the special moves and the special this, that, and the other thing. We can just go to the Lord, lay it out, and say, I need help. You know, feed me through your word. And He's going to, He's faithful to help us carry us through these things. It's just such a blessing to be able to read the encouragement from Paul to the church at Philippi that we're a work in progress. We are. We're constantly going to be being uh, sharpened, being strengthened. Take, take comfort in that. Yes, we're human. We are going to fail. Should we accept it? No, but we should learn from it and move on and just continue to press forward on what the Lord has for us. But I like that. I also take it as a reminder because we can be distracted so, so easily. Just keep your eyes on this. Keep your eyes on that. Man, I, that, uh, that's me. Easily distracted. Shiny things everywhere. You know, squirrel. You know, that, that mindset, right? Very, very easy for us. Just being, we have to be in the scripture. We have to make it regular for us to be in the scripture, to be reminded of these, because then our minds are going to be sharp and we're going to be be aware of our own failures and our own weaknesses and his strength. So be prepared for those things. Verse 15, Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Now, that mindset uh, where Paul was talking about in chapter two that we talked about before we started—it's another reminder of unity. Where he says at the end of uh, verse sixteen, "Let us be of the same mind—a uh, united mindset of the church of a whole uh, as a whole." and what i have here is a word i just wrote down mature maturity because these things our, our minds should be changing in our in our walk with the lord we should be growing we should be um, there should be things that are being left behind and we should be moving forward we should always be moving forward right if we're not moving forward we're backsliding we're you know there isn't really a sitting still we're either we're either growing or we're not growing and we're we're going in the other direction so it's maturity We should have a a mindset um, of maturity and uh, and understanding, yeah, we may not have already attained those things, or we may not already have arrived there spiritually, but but we need to be moving forward. Verse 17, brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk, as you have us for a pattern. So uh, Paul is saying here, a pattern, to be an example. Uh, Paul was an example to the church at Philippi, and he's an example to us. Uh, and this is written to the church. This isn't written to, to, to unbelievers. Uh, you know, my wife and I were talking uh, recently about a, a certain thing that we uh, we had experienced uh, here recently and, and just kind of shocked at a, at a statement that was made. And I just said, well, you know, that's someone that doesn't know the Lord. You know they don't know the Lord, so we should just pray for them. But they don't know the Lord; they don't they don't know the the blessings of walking with Him. And uh, you know we were just talking about about that. And uh, it's it's uh, for us as we read this, we have to realize that this is written written to a group of believers at the Church of Philippi. So this comes to Christians, and it's in a what he's talking about is that that Paul could be an example, and and uh, that we need to be. Uh, we need to be growing within the church that we might be examples to each other of maturity we have to be we can't we can't stay and can't accept the same struggles that we've that we're going with all along we eventually we have to grow we have to mature we have to those things have to happen in our lives for us to live uh, in in the victory that we should be able to live in um as as Christians uh living by his his spirit first corinthians uh, Eleven verse one, uh, Paul Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. He says, "Imitate me, just as I also imitate Christ." What he's saying is, if if you want to learn these things, follow after my example. And we should be able to say that to each other, not in pride. Oh my goodness, couldn't couldn't that fall apart quickly? We're all walking in here, and do, 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 you know, got the trumpets in front of us, and you know, but. But we should be sharp. Iron sharpens iron, right? So, uh, so uh, one man uh, sharpens the countenance of, of his brother or of another. It's so important for us to understand that we, we uh, should be working to, uh, to grow in our, in our walk with the Lord by being in the Word, by, in, by being in prayer, being in fellowship. I, I don't know how many times. I think every time I'm, I'm talking up here, I talk about that's how we grow. And I don't mean to be repetitive, but I love how easy the, the recipe is. I was, uh, years ago, we used to have a, a home Bible study at our church and I uh, at a home Bible study at our church, I, a Bible study at our, at our house. And, uh, um, and in that time frame, I used to love making brownies and, uh, and it was Betty Crocker boxed brownies. And, uh, I I had a certain way of making it, but it was no different than what the recipe called for. It's exactly what the recipe said. I think I'd like maybe take out a little bit less water or something, but I cook it just a little so it was really gooey. You know, it was just a little bit undercooked, but not crazy. And I like that. I like how easy it was. I can open the box and go, "Okay, okay, I need this, 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 and this, and it made it easy. I like the easy recipe. I like those things that the Lord makes it easy for us, that that we don't have to try to figure out this crazy thing. My wife makes things from scratch, and you know these biscuits that we love eating, uh, you know, with dinner. And and uh, me, I'd be sitting there looking at the the flour, and it would be all over the place. And you know, I might be able to stumble my way through it, but she's got it figured out. You know, I'm the I, I'm the guy that likes the easy the easy things. Um, but as as we see here, Paul. Is encouraging church at Philippi uh, the same way he was encouraging the church in uh, at, at Corinth to be able to to look at him? Now they're totally different messages. The church at Corinth uh, received a totally different message from Paul. That was a message with a lot of correction in it and a lot of warnings. Uh, this is a letter of hey, you know, thanks, thanks for your the blessings of of you know physically providing for me with a monetary gift to take care of me and my chains. Because remember, Paul's writing this being chained. To a Roman guard in Rome he's literally living his whole life every day of his life chained to a guard you know that's 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 where he's in and he's just talking about the blessing and that everybody knows he's in chain the the, the chains uh, from Christ and not from Rome and everybody knows it he says in chapter one you really got to go back and read it just to just to be blessed by uh, you know more of, of what we're seeing so if you've missed the the first two um, you know go back and read these and I guarantee you're going to be blessed. I don't remember where I stopped reading. Oh, verse 17. Uh, verse 18, uh, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, but they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their, uh, their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ." who will transform our lowly body that it might be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to even subdue all things to himself. And uh, so uh, Colossians 3, verses 1 through 3, I'm going to read to you. It's literally, like if you want to go there, it's it's like take a right one, one or two pages and you'll be right there. Um, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. If then, so this is Paul writing to the church at Colossae, he says, um, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. So when we when we read in the the other the page uh, previous to this, in the, the letter to Philippi. He's he's talking about the uh, those who you know whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame and their mind is set on earthly things. You know, we shouldn't have that mindset. You know, we, we know here that we we're here, we're here temporarily. So if my mindset is I've got to get rich, I've gotta get rich and I'm gonna be able to have this and I'm gonna have that. Like that that's an earthly thing that that of a goal that I have so that I can be lazy. And I can live in in comfort. And I mean, if you've been if you've been blessed monetarily, great. Use it to to bless others and 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 to serve the Lord. There's, you know, if the Lord has blessed us. But if I've made that my obsession and I've made that that uh, that my main goal, that's that's a scary thing where my God is my belly. Oh, what can I fill? What can I shove into here to fulfill myself? That's a that's a dangerous mindset. It's a dangerous place for us to be spiritually. Verse twenty, for our citizenship is in heaven. So we have a different citizenship once we've accepted the Lord and once we're walking with Him. Our mindset changes. We've become a new creation, right? With that new creation means we've got a new citizenship card. Our citizenship is in in heaven. I'm going to read to you a few a uh, few verses here that uh, that are, are are going to go right along with this. So um, bear with me as I get to where I need to be. But John fourteen. Uh, is where I'm going to read uh, read you from uh, verses 1 through 4. Lord Jesus speaking, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And where I go, you know, and... The way you know, that's a blessing that we've got a whole different destination than here that we can now focus on. That we that Jesus went to prepare a place for us, and He said, "If it wasn't so, I'd tell you." But we do, and He 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 has gone to prepare a place. Ephesians chapter six. Uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter two. Another thing I'm going to read to you, two verse six um, of, of Ephesians. I almost read one, verse 6. Um, says, and raised us up together and uh, made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'll read verse 7. Um, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And it goes on in verses 19 through 22 and says, Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built of the foundation of the apostles, on the uh, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows uh, into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So we're also called, uh, we're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints another, another, another reminder in the scripture. Uh, I'm going to read, uh, I have two more, two more scriptures to share with you. First Corinthians 15. Um, are, are you guys sensing a theme? There's a, there's a theme here. That's what I love. I, if you don't have a Bible that has, has references in the middle, um, you're not going to be able to see it here, but, um, so I've got in, in my Bible, <laughs> look at all my little tabs and, um, I used to make fun I was I, I make fun of Oliver saying hey, look at all your tabs but when you got to bounce around a little bit it makes it easy so uh, so uh, you know I'll make fun of myself I think he's looking at me now but uh, so we have uh, we have uh, so I've got the scripture on each side and then I've got cross references right in the middle i love I live in those and I love them because it, it it is an easy reminder of hey where do I need to go to get some commentary on that the best commentary on the scripture is the scripture itself not that we can't Please understand we can grow uh, immensely in our walk by uh, by learning from uh, teachers uh, that, have, that have written commentaries and everything. But it's so important for us to understand the Scripture because when we can start taking all these things and piecing them together just in the Scripture, like I said, when it's mentioned several times, it might be there because I'm a little thick-headed and I need the reminders. And when I can see, it, you know, don't do this, do this. Don't do this, do this. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty simple-minded with those things. So um I'm just going to read you a couple verses here from 1 Corinthians 15, uh, talking of our final victory. And uh, uh, 15 verse 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all we shall all be changed. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For uh, this corruptible must put on incorruption, and uh, this mortal must put on immortality. So when uh, the corruptible has been has put on incorruption, and the mortal has put on immortality, then shall be uh, brought to pass the saying that was, was written, death has swallowed us up, uh, is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of our Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So as we read in, 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 sorry, in, um, in Philippians 3, at, at the end of what we just read, I'm looking at Ephesians, sorry. The last thing says uh, that we would be uh, transform our lowly body, it would be conformed to his glorious body. So go back and look at 1 Corinthians 15, 50 and read through, you know, what the Lord has for us, that transformation. In the twinkle of an eye, boom, there's something different. I remember hearing Chuck Smith teach years ago. He's like, I am so thankful that I'm going to have a heavenly body because, you know, at that point he was older and, you know, nothing's working. I mean, I'm 41 and my knees kill me all the time. My kids hear me whine about that, you know, and my wife, you know, oh, you know, and, uh, you, know, and you know, all these things, all those, the pains and all those things. But, but the Lord has a changing force. us. He's got, he's got something different for us and, and, um, be steadfast, knowing what the Lord has. And, and the last thing we're gonna we're gonna read is from First uh, John chapter three. Um, I'm just gonna read you a couple verses here. Told you I had a little bit to bounce around. First John chapter three, verse two says, "Beloved, now we are children of God. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be." But we know that when he is we re- he is revealed, we shall be like him, and we shall see him as he is. So when when we're seeing, uh, when we're reading in in uh, Philippians chapter three, where it's talking about transform our lowly body, I, I, I'm just blessed to know that that uh, we don't have to try to figure it out. It just says uh, that now uh, we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. And we shall see him as he is. That is a blessing. That is a total blessing for us. We don't we don't have to know it. We can just rest. that's something we can just be excited about and go. Okay, someday I'm gonna know uh, of what the work that he's doing. But looking back all the way through chapter uh, chapter three as we're reading this, we don't have to uh, pretend that we're perfect. Paul's saying, hey, I'm not saying that I've, I've obtained perfection. He's saying that in there. But he is an example to us. He's one that we can imitate. There's so much for us to be able to take in here and understand who the Lord is. Ultimately, our confidence should be in Christ. There's there's nothing else that we have to place our confidence in. Our works should should reflect what has happened and a, a, a what we have in our relationship with Christ. Um, but we shouldn't have confidence in those things. Just just knowing that what Christ did uh, is enough for us and is sufficient. And uh, that we can actually take our old past that drags behind us and and bothers us and we can just throw it away and know that we're now walking with the Lord and that he's doing a new work in us. Um, And that our citizenship's with him in heaven. That's it. You know that that old person, that old the old things that we thought were helping us that aren't. Those are gone. The old things that we knew weren't helping us. Those are gone. And now we have our new citizenship with Christ. And someday we'll know what it will look like. What those bodies are going to look like. But right now we can just rest our hope in Him. Amen. Amen. Let's pray, Father. We are so blessed that we know that that uh, you are working in us and that you're you're building us and you're strengthening us. Help us, Lord, to not settle uh, and, and just be, be lazy in our walk with you, Lord, but just to seek you, uh, just to, uh, just to be able to be in your word and, and to be in fellowship, to be in prayer. That's how we're going to grow. And we're going to mature and be able to sharpen one another and be able to, to help one another, um, as, as Christian brothers and sisters. And we are just blessed to know that you are all that we need. You are all sufficient. Everything that we need in our lives, you provide for. We thank you for that. We pray, Lord, that we'll rest in you and that we'll grow in our relationship with you. Be with us and bless us this week. Strengthen us, Lord. Use us for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.